Hello and welcome to Let Me Bore You to Sleep. This is Jason Newland, or rather I am Jason Newland, and please only listen to this when you can safely close your eyes. You may be able to hear a little bit of a buzzing sound in the background. Don't be alarmed. It's just the uh, laptop. Because yesterday I was going to read out the or go through the stats for May, yeah, so it's June now. So I was going to go through the stats of May 2019, but I ended up talking about other stuff and I ended up talking, starting off talking about thanking people. And then I didn't end up thanking individual people so yeah so in my mind I was gonna <coughs> excuse me in my mind I was gonna go through the stats and then when I pressed record I was gonna thank people and then yeah so I kind of lost track of you know kind of everything not everything in the world but just you know everything um, that I was going to say not that I plan what I'm going to say but I do sometimes give it a tiny bit of consideration but uh, so what I'm going to do is go to Facebook and I'm going to read out a few names a few names I'm just going to read out the first name not a surname just in case uh, you don't want your surname read out on a podcast but You'll know who you are if you're listening. I've just seen a Facebook page uh, post and it's really funny, which isn't very... I don't normally see stuff like that. It's from, <laughs> it's from a lady called Angela. It starts, OMG, did you hear about the boy who was... I won't read the rest of it, but... Um, it's a funny, funny joke. Okay. Right. 
So what other things is there? So I'm, I'm distracted now. Distracted, doesn't I? So, what I thought I'd do is go through some of the people that are that have been supportive to me over the years. I'd like to say thank you to everybody, really. This is kind of like my acceptance speech for an award that not only was I not nominated for, but doesn't even exist. But that's okay, because the main thing is that I'm able to make something up and fill this hour. Okay, let's have a look. So let me go through the through the people. I've got three thousand nine hundred and twelve friends on my normal Facebook page. And the top ones, the ones that come up at the front at the top are the ones I have from the looks of it, the people I have the most interaction with. So let's go through the friends on my Facebook. So Jody, she's actually number one on my friends list, as, as it kind of shows, under all friends. Uh, so Jody, uh, she's one of my friends in America, and she's a comedian. Used to call, be called comedienne, but now it's just a comic basically she's a she's a stand-up comic in America and she writes comedy and uh, yeah so thank you to Jody. it's the first person saying thank you to and I've known Jody for a few years now quite a few years I think she's been listening to my recordings um and contacted me it's quite a long time ago we've spoken a few times on Skype not well, Skype on Facebook I'm now distracted by something that's on telly um, it's a film called No Sex Please We're British and it's a 1974 film and it's got Ronnie Corbett in it but and he's holding a book yeah as you say he's holding a big book but he's quite little so it might just be a normal sized book but uh, yeah I was just distracted by what was on the screen and now Andre's run over no matter how much paper I put onto the floor Newspaper. He always has to go right to the edge of the newspaper that's near the carpet and uh, offload his worries. That's one word for it. So, anyway, the next person is Brooke. So, I'd like to say thank you to Brooke for uh, her support in. Uh, I haven't known her that long, it's probably been out a year, maybe over a year now and she contacted me to say that um, 
my sessions are useful and she told me that she listened to the one of the recordings I did for Nail Biting and it really helped. So, and she's also uh, sent me a donation in the past and I've chatted to her as well on Facebook quite a few times. She's uh, been really supportive towards what I'm trying to do and, well, I'm not sure what I'm trying to do, but sort of... Uh, very positive very positive person right the next person is called oh yeah and Brooke is a dean of a university and she um, deals with asphasia uh, caused by I think I got that right brought by st for people that have strokes so she's very much in the healing profession also written a book as well so uh, we've got Juju um, and that's the next person and it's J-U-J-U -J -U, that's how it's spelled and in her picture she's wearing a hat and the next person <laughs> that's all I've got to say about her she's wearing a hat she's actually an artist and she lives in Wales uh, Brooke lives in America uh, so Juju lives in Wales and I got a real thing for the Welsh accent it's the only accent that I actually not the only accent that I like but it's the only accent that I wouldn't say gives me tingles because that was that's a bit weird but I think the reason for it is this when I was a kid, when I was young, there was a television show called Heidi High. And it was based in a uh, holiday camp, kind of like a Butlins or Pontins. If, uh, I don't know if everyone knows what that is, but you can Google it, Butlins, Pontins. They're basically, a place where you'd go maybe with your family and they'd have chalets that you could stay in and they'd have swimming pools and they'd have, not in the chalets, but they'd be like, just everything you needed for a holiday would be there. It's a bit like Disney World, but without the fun. No, that, that's the wrong way to describe it. It's a bit like no, no, Disney World. Do you get to stay at Disney World? Disneyland, do you visit, but Disney World, do you... S uh, it's like a... I suppose it's like a caravan site, but without the caravans. But, you know, some caravan sites have lots of uh, things to do, like maybe a swimming pool, an arcade, uh pubs, bars, leisure centre, you know, all things like that. So that's what uh, Butlins and Pontins, uh, I don't know if Pontins is still around, but Butlins is. Anyway, there was a lady on this TV programme called Heidi High, and 
there's quite a few people on the show if it wasn't just her and there was a bloke who used to walk around in horse gear I don't mean he wasn't dressed as a horse um, but as a horse rider you know like a jockey and of course a jockey is a different name isn't it in America that's isn't that like a young man that goes to university that's a bit thick isn't it isn't that, isn't that the name that what a jockey is in America someone that's a bit dim <laughs> I don't know I'm just going by what's on the films I'm sure they're like jock and no, that's a jock isn't it but then a jock could be Scottish but I don't know if that's if we can use that word anymore not sure I've, I, haven't, I haven't used it myself probably ever actually but I've seen it seen it being used when I was younger but Butlins yeah pot the Heidi High and there was another man who was had a moustache and he used to be the I think head of entertainment so he'd compare the shows and then there was his kind of not understudy but kind of his uh, assistant but also used to do lots of stuff and they'd stay in the same chalet together and have a little cuddle and stuff when the cameras were off just you know basically they obviously loved each other but they it was the early 80s and they couldn't show that but they clearly pushed their beds together and lived a happy life but they couldn't because you know it was very small minded uh, you know in those days you know uh, marriage wasn't legal for everybody back in the early 80s but they clearly loved each other um, I don't know how it would work though because one having a moustache wouldn't that tickle I've been told that beards and moustaches tickle when you kiss someone with them. And I've got a beard. Technically, I've got a beard and a moustache. Because a beard can be just on your chin, can't it? That's what a beard is, really, isn't it? A beard chin up on your face your cheeks up to your sideburns yet if the moustache if the if you've still got moustache as well as the beard it's just classed as a beard maybe the word full it's a full beard instead of a partial beard but I've never ever never heard anyone say the word oh did you see do you know the bob Bob, which one's he? Oh, he's the one with the partial beard. Never heard anyone say that. And so Heidi High, uh, they also had uh, two dancers, uh, a man and a lady, and they danced, and they did ballroom dancing. And they were very stuck up their characters were very kind of they looked down on everyone uh, which um, 
kind of wondered why they'd get a job in Butlins, but they didn't because it was, what was it called? Heidi High? Maybe it was called Heidi High. Maybe that was a call, the name of the, the camp. Pinklins. I bet it was something Ings. And, oh yeah, and there was, what's her name? Who had glasses. I used to wear a hat or a scarf on her head. And she was a cleaner. But she wanted to be a red coat. Or a blue coat or a green coat. Whichever uh, coloured coat it was. Which, because in Butlins and Pontins. They had, if you became, if you got promoted to be an entertainer. You got given a red coat. Or a green coat or blue coat or something like that. And that's what she wanted so much. Like the ballroom dancers had yellow coats, I think. The horsey man had a helmet. He had. He used to walk around with a horse helmet on all the time, which made me think that might have been less to do with a horse, and maybe he just had problems and he had to be careful. Uh, to not bang himself I, I don't know um, maybe his chalet he had like a really small chalet but he was slightly taller than the average jockey so therefore he kept banging his head because instead of being four foot tall he was four foot two which meant that he couldn't get through the front door. And that might be a situation, I don't know. Uh, I'll have to ask him next time I see him. Who else worked there? And the main character, well, for me, there was two main characters, really. There was the, the one that wanted to become a a red coat or green coat whatever and then there was the the Welsh lady who was pretty much in charge of everything she was the she wasn't the big boss she wasn't the manager but she was the like the second in charge and she kept falling in love with the manager so there was two managers there while the show was on and she fell in love with both of them and one was a bit of a womanizer and the other one was very nervous so yeah but she loved them and anyway she used to do they used to have this tannoy system with these speakers all around the camp and she used to say she used to have a little glocking like a miniature glocking spill where she'd like ding 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 and then she'd say good morning campers that's my Welsh accent and uh, and then she'd give like a little 
uh, I don't know, update on the weather and what was going to be occurring that day or what was about to start. So maybe, oh, now we're going to have um, the alligator fight or, uh, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, all the kids would rush up and jump into the swimming pool, you know, with the alligators. It was just, you know. And she used to say, hi, di, hi. And everyone else that was outside used to shout, ho, di, ho. Very good writing. It was well written. And... The, it was a very, very popular television show. Went on for years and years. And I, I still watch it now sometimes when it's on. They show like old episodes. They can't show new ones, can they? But uh, yeah, I sometimes watch it. And although I wasn't in love with her at the time, because I was, I don't know, 10 when it was on I just I don't like the accent I don't remember knowing any other Welsh speakers it must be something that triggered me to like the accent I used to go on holiday to Wales uh, when I was a kid as well so maybe that's it maybe I don't know, I just like the accent. Just one of those things. There's no accents that I dislike. Um, There are some accents that I find a little bit difficult to understand sometimes, or in the past. But, you know, I think it's not so much the accent as the speed of the talking. Because even if someone's from the south of England, like me, or the southeast of England, if they talk very quickly, I did notice I just did a little whistle then when I said that. If they talk quick, quickly, I can't always keep track of what's being said. And I think that's partly due to maybe my ears because I've had a little bit of problems with my ears since I was born one of them anyway and the on the paper Andre sorry I can't believe it it's like the tide's coming in within Seriously, it's just every, what he does is getting closer and closer to my table. I should go somewhere else. I don't mean like move out, but just. Oh, and he's right in the window now. So I really like that that show, but um, I ended up going and working in Butlins. in 1995 for the winter season 
I, uh, it's quite a weird situation because I travelled, was it, I lost, yeah, that's it. I was getting evicted from my home, you know, with a date that I needed to get out. And so I had nowhere to live. I had no idea what to do. And I went into, I didn't have a job either. So I went to the job center, kind of to get a bit of advice, because well, what am I gonna do? And this is in the days when job centers used to actually help you to get jobs. They used to, that's what they did. They, you know, they'd have, I remember years ago, there was this little job center where I lived and they used to have cards in the window. A bit like, I don't know if other countries have this, but in newsagent windows in England, uh, quite often there's like cards in the window advertising stuff. Maybe a vacuum cleaner for sale. Uh, or maybe a chair or a desk sometimes a sofa um, you know it's, there's a variety of different objects that could be available or people that might want to sell but it's kind of similar to that but it had jobs so there'd be for example warehouse operative and the hours and the wage you know and uh, kind of a little bit little description of the job and what they're looking for so if they needed someone who could drive a forklift as an example, then um, I guess I, you know, I'd look at it and I think, well, let me do a little uh, check. Uh, can I drive a forklift? And then I'd, I'd remember that no, I haven't got a driving license. Then I'd think, but do I need a driving license to be able to drive a forklift? And then I'd come back and I'd think, yeah, well, that's besides the point. It's a case of what can you do? And I can't drive a forklift. I've never, never tried. But that's the point. Could I, though? It, it, for me, it was the question of asking, can you drive a forklift? And there's lots of things that, I can probably do, but I don't realize I can do. You know, I'm sure people that do the splits for the first time perhaps didn't know they could do the splits. You know, you have to, everything has to be done for the first time. Um, standing on your head. I mean, it's hard to work your way up to standing on your head. What do you do first? You kneel, kneel down first. 
you know, what I don't know how we would work up to it. Stand on your chest. Stand on your neck. So yeah, I could I drive a forklift? Didn't say have I. Have you driven a forklift? The answer is well no. No, I haven't. Not emphatically, really, honestly, I haven't done that. And uh I don't mind admitting it. But can you? That's the question, isn't it? Maybe I could. I've done lots of things that I didn't think I'd be able to do. I've got a degree. Didn't think I could do that. I got a girlfriend pregnant. Didn't think I could do that. I mean, at one point, I crossed the road on all by myself. I did my own shoelaces up. I didn't think I could do that. So there's lots of things that I could do that I didn't think I could do, but then when I tried to do them and it worked out okay. And for me, it's a case of just thinking, well, perhaps I could drive a forklift. Then I start thinking, but do I want to I'm not sure I'm going back quite a few years I was probably 17 or something at the time so it's over 5 years ago and and some people say but you're 48 that's it's it's 30 odd years ago I said yeah it's it's over 5 years then isn't it that really gets people I love to say that yeah, it was when I was ten, so it's it's over over six years ago. Well, it's when you were ten, you were, it's thirty eight years ago, isn't it? Yeah, it's over six years. You should try that. It annoys people. It really does. So I'm now distracted by what's on television. If you ever watch this film you'll possibly see parts of it that could distract me there's a man with a moustache in his dressing gown um, a very unrealistic situation is occurring there so I won't go into it it's all gentle fun but very unrealistic and so what else oh, there'd be other jobs there as well like office workers um, supermarket assistants cleaners you know a variety of different jobs and they'd be on the outside and the inside so they've been printed on both sides. So when the office, you know, the shop the was open, you could go inside and look at the jobs inside. 
there's more to look at inside because it'd have like a rack a nice big rack which you could uh, spin round a bit like you know those book racks or DVD racks that they sometimes have in big stores and you can turn them round so they can fit lots of different things on them um, so I used to enjoy looking at those racks uh, because there was more to choose from it was and usually when I was at the racks other people kind of left it's hard to have more than one person looking at the same time so I just uh, yeah and what else can't remember how I started talking about the job centre oh yeah so the job centre I went to in 95 probably wasn't quite the same as that it it changed a little bit but not that much because it had been maybe eight years before that I'm describing so a huge amount hadn't changed it hadn't gone all electronic or you know internetty as it is now and I I went in there in the past there was occasionally recruitment people uh, in my memory it was more like uh, armed forces recruitment so you go in there and it'd be a man in a you know, army uniform or a naval uniform and they'd be trying to recruit people that that you know that needed jobs and I didn't I don't know no I didn't get involved in any of that although I did I actually I did apply to join the army when I was 16 and I did apply to join the navy when I was 19 and I applied to join the Marines when I was 23. Um, so I'll tell you about the Marines. I was with Andre, the original Andre, my uh, Irish friend, who was my best friend at the time. And that's who Andre's named after. Anyway, we were walking down Leighton High Road, I think it was. And it was a summer's day. And we were just skipping hand in hand, you know how you do. And for some reason, he stopped. And I said, what are you doing lover and he said don't call me lover in public I said okay he said <laughs> he said um, why well, I said what are you doing he said oh look I said look at what and he said look at that and I looked because it seemed rude not to and I figured that was the 
easiest way to end the conversation as quickly as possible if I went along with it. So I said, okay then. Oh, here we go. Here's another a moth on the pavement that I've got to look at. But it wasn't. It wasn't a moth. It was... Uh, it was a sign saying Royal Marines apply within. Now I didn't think it'd be that di- that not difficult. I didn't think it was that that easy because I don't know why. Just the rem- the remains, the Marines always seem to be quite prestige, and I thought they'd be. They'd, I don't know. I thought it's. I didn't think they'd be sort of advertising in that way. It was it's very similar to like just a a local shop, you know, staff needed. And I thought, oh. Anyway, he wanted to go in, and I thought, well, I don't want to stay out here on my own, so I went in with him. For a laugh, really. It wasn't a laugh at all, but. Uh, if you go into a place like that, it's serious business. They're not there to mess around, uh, which I found out quite quite quickly after I started being silly and they uh, locked me in a cell. No, they didn't. And um, on my friend Andre said, I can't remember what he, he spoke too quickly. I could never really understand what he was talking about. That's why I think we were friends for so long. Neither of us could understand each other. Uh, and he basically, you know, the, the bloke that was in there said, yeah, we are recruiting, but you have to do a physical exercise test now and then you'll have, you can come back and have a written test and then you go away for a, a weekend or do a another like weekend physical thing and then then you sign up and you go into training for however many months so I said and uh, Andre said so he was really excited so they had this bar not like bar for drinking, a bar like a pull-up bar exercise thing. And so they asked us to do press-ups, sit-ups, and then pull-ups. And Andre did more than me, the pull-ups. Now, admittedly, I wasn't prepared to have a physical test you know I was slim I was fairly fit um, but I wasn't kind of prepared to be doing push no, pull ups and he used to like doing pull ups it was one of his things that he enjoyed doing he'd actually go to the park to the children's park the children's play area you know and he'd do pull ups just to show off but because he was so little, I think a lot of the parents just figured he was another kid. <laughs> He's the same size as me, I can't believe it. He just... 
you ever meet someone and they just look little but they're not? So he was 5'8 and I'm 5'8. He just, and he was, he was muscly and everything, but he just looked, he walked a little bit like Popeye. You know Popeye, like the cartoon, his big arms, and his like shoulders and shape, you know. He walked like that, but he was short, like me. He just looked, I don't know, he looked funny. And... So after doing these tests, the the man in charge, I think he'd been eating a sandwich because he had, had a bit of cheese sticking out of his beard. He said, okay, Andre. It was like one of those uh, talent shows. We were just lining up and like waiting to know who's going to get through. He said, Andre, you were fine. You you passed everything. You can come back and do the written exam if you want to do that. And he said, uh, Stephen, because I was not given my real name. No way. He said, uh, you, can, you can get out of here. And he said... You need to just spend a couple of weeks getting a little bit fitter, so you can then come back and do the pull-ups again. Because you could see that I was naturally incredibly strong, but I clearly left my strength at home that day. So he he saw, you know, clearly must he figured that I must have muscles somewhere, but he wasn't sure where. So I uh, didn't realise that most of my muscles were in my brain. That's why I'm so damn clever. <laughs> yeah, right. The thing is, I actually think that... I would have equaled, if not done better, in the written test than Andre. But again, probably not. I don't know. But you know what? Andre didn't want to go in without me. That's quite sweet, isn't it? And I was never going to go back to, you know, to have to retake the pre- the pull-up test. And Andre didn't want to didn't want to continue without me doing it. Plus, he. Um, he told his sister about wanting to join the Marines. And I don't know if this was connected at all, but within about, uh, I'd say at least 25 hours, his mum and family were on the doorstep, come from Ireland, because I think they were worried about him. They didn't want him to join the Marines and go to war, so... I mean, technically, it would have been quite good as an undercover spy, dress him up as a schoolboy. I say that was my suggestion, but the uh, his mum didn't agree. So nothing happened there. We didn't go, but 
I did never end up moving to Ireland with Andre. Well, he he went first, and then I followed, and I stayed at his parents. And but before that, when I was sixteen, I worked in a chip shop, and the idea of going out to going to war in another country didn't seem too bad. Uh, it was like anything to escape the, the smell of frying fish and chips. So I applied, I did the physical, got through that. I did the me- um, the medical, got through that, you know. did So everything was fine. I did the written test, got through that. And they gave me a date where I was going to go to for the weekend to have a weekend of training of tests to make sure that I was physically um, you know able to join like it's, it's a, in the weekend is like some kind of really intensive thing well I chickened out and I didn't go which considering I'm a pacifist it's probably quite a good idea um, yeah, though I didn't go, but it's still a little bit of me thinking, oh, it could have been an opportunity to, I could have, you know, I could have, I might have met someone, you know, I might have met a nice lady while I was on leave, could have gone AWOL, you know, just all that kind of things that I missed out on. But maybe made some really good friends, you know, lifelong friends. But in retrospect, with my bipolar, with my mental, uh, I don't, I'm not laughing at bipolar, but just the idea of having the mental health issues that I've had without going to war imagine what I'd have been like if I'd have gone into that because yeah so probably it was a good idea that I didn't but I didn't learn from that because in 2000 no in 1990 1989 and this would have been probably October 1989 I said I went to the Navy office the Naval and I said um, <clears throat> excuse me I went would you know a, I'm interested in joining the Navy and that was a much shorter conversation than the Army one because you know, I was in and out of the army place probably about ten times, sort of doing various different things, and because uh, I got to know the bloke quite well, and we became quite friendly actually. But the you know I ended up not going in, but with the navy one, I went in there. And I said I'm interested in joining the navy. Am I too old? And he said, How old are you? And I said I'm. 
19, just turned 19. He said, no, it's fine. And he said, uh, he said, but I've just got to warn you something, warn you about something. I said, what's that? He said, well, we're going to be, um, we're going to be in Iraq soon and we're going to be at war. I said, what? He said, yeah, we're going to be at war soon in Iraq. I said, why is that not in the papers? He said, oh, he didn't know what to say, I don't think. So I said, no, you're right then. Because my brother was in the Navy. And I think that's probably why I kind of maybe wanted to not follow in his footsteps, but just thought it might be a good way to build a life, you know, some kind of a life. But the idea of going to war. No, it was 1990, not 89. It was 1990. So I was 20. So 1990, uh, about October. And I pretty much, yeah. So, and he said, oh yeah, we're going to war with Iraq. I thought, and he was like looking, he, I think he gets got something out of his, well, I just imagine this what happened after he said it to me. He probably looked down, got something out of his uh, desk drawer, and then looked up and said, Hello? Richard, where are you? Where are you? Because I disappeared. As soon as he said that, I just like was gone. And of course, I didn't give him my real name. Which is weird because in the January or February that year, that the following year, 91, is when, you know, America and England and different places went to Iraq. So they knew a long time in advance. There you go. Um, So I never did join any of the armed forces but I did go through some of the process of it but I think it's I don't know it's part of me thinks oh it might have been alright but I've met a lot well not a lot but I've met quite a few ex-forces that are kind of my age and uh, even in the past it's you know if you live in a such a structured environment with all your friends for like 10 years or something and then suddenly you're back in Civvy Street it can be regardless of what's happened it can be it can be a little bit difficult you know to sort of it's I suppose if you're used to walking around with a big jelly on a plate balanced on your head and then suddenly they replace the jelly with custard it's kind of oh okay now it's it's a little bit of a different situation great analogy so I was in this job centre and a there was no one, it wasn't a 
like a armed forces uh, you know trying to get people to join but there was a holiday camp a person wanting to get lots of people to go and work at Butlins all over the country there's quite a few different Butlins one in Wales, one in I don't know different different parts anyway I, I had nothing else so what I did is I applied and they said yes there and then I had a job interview and they gave me a job as a bar worker working in a bar and I was able to stay unemployed at the same time and they just gave us an extra £10 a week or something um, so it was kind of some kind of scheme that was put together with the job centre and Butlins and I wasn't there long I was there for four or five weeks but it was very very uh, interesting experience very interesting and there was there was one point I made quite a few friends actually and there was one situation is a I used to get into the karaoke and sing and it was quite weird one day there was a group of people they asked, someone asked me "Do you want? would you want to be a red coat or a green coat or blue coat or yellow coat whatever whatever the entertainment coat is and I said yeah but I don't know maybe one day if I could and they they said well don't you apply I said no and they said go on I said no and they forced me they physically lifted me up so there's probably about eight or nine people I'm, I'm not sure they lifted me above the heads and carried me into the office uh, the like the the entertainment management office or whatever it was and uh, they said we think our friend should be in the entertainment we should we think <laughs> we think uh Adrian should be a red coat because he's a great entertainer and uh, the the lady said who's Adrian that's everyone pointing to me of course I wasn't sure because sometimes I forget what false names I give people and <laughs> I think it was like one person said I thought he was Ted so I thought should I say shh don't tell everyone I'm Ted for you but no one else just call me Teddy and uh, and the lady or the man it's one of them that was behind the counter of things saying well we're not actually recruiting at the moment it's the next recruitment won't be till like before spring probably March April time well, probably March time and uh 
that was fine. We all, you know, it's like, okay, cool. So we all went back down. We went to the bar, had a few drinks, spent a, probably spent the next four hours. It was like I was on such a high, actually, because I felt like, I don't know, it's, it's a special feeling. It was a really lovely feeling that these people actually believed in me, believed that I was potentially good at something, you know. Admittedly, it wasn't forklift driving, which is what I would have preferred, but you know, go with what what is available. And, you know, even though it didn't work out, it was still a lovely... It was, I don't know, it was quite a special thing. I forgot all about it until just now. I might be making it up, but I'm pretty sure it's true. And uh, so we spent the next probably three or four hours drinking and just chatting and stuff. And uh, I remember I said, uh, guys, I, I need to go to the toilet. And they were like, just ignored me I said listen I need to go to the toilet you know because and I said yeah why and someone shouted out yeah why yeah so I said well, I need you to let me down I need you to put me down I need to go to the toilet so they all like put me down back onto the floor and uh, I went to the toilet end of act that was the end, <laughs> the end of that bit of uh, interest and story. And there was, yeah, you know, I kind of would have loved to have stayed there, but you know, it's, I was moody. I was moody back then. Didn't know what it was, just moods. So I left came back to London and again had nowhere to live but found somewhere and uh, then I became a security guard but my time at Butlins I'll never forget it well I've forgotten a bit of it probably it was a very very unusual situation it's uh it's an experience that nothing comes close to. Nothing that I've experienced before comes close to that. Um, in any other situation, nothing. It's just very. Everything's so. Um, everything's there, you know. Every, you do everything together. You eat together, you don't sleep together, but uh, you like share a room. I'd share a room with one person. Uh, although I think most people, I got through a few people because I think it was my snoring. People like to move out quite quickly, which was good. So I got the room to myself. And it was just, I can't go into details really, but there's lots of very unusual things happening it's uh, but at the same time it's yeah I, w I wouldn't 
I don't know if I'll change it. I mean, that, that winter was really warm up to the end of the year. I was walking around in a little jacket that I got in Ireland. And I was all the way in December, I was walking around in a little jacket, maybe a jumper, but a little jacket. Wasn't wrapped up, didn't have gloves on, no skis, no hat. I didn't even have a beard back then. I used to shave. Did I used to shave? You know, I think I did. I'm not saying as if, oh, did I shave yet? No, no, I, I was shaving. I was old enough. Been shaving since I was 22, I think. Not just my face. No, I do. I've shaved my chest in the past. Just, just thought I'd let you know that. You know what's really weird about shaving your chest? Obviously, I'm sure not everybody that's listening to this has done this. But it's something strange because the chest and other areas other than the face are different from the face. Being a, a facial hairy person is... When I've shaved my chest, the hair comes back, but it stops at a certain length. It stops growing. It just stays at that length. Because if it didn't, can you imagine what would happen? Just thinking about it, if the body hair grew the way a beard grows, and we never shaved. Even the slimmest people would have to wear XXXXXXL tops just to fit all the hair in. Everyone would be just huge or look huge because of all that hair. So I guess maybe that's why. Because I've got a hairy chest. It's, um, it's hairy, but it's not... It's not Magnum P.I. hairy. It's not Buck Rogers hairy. Those of you that know those references will know what I mean. So it's not, it's not that level of hairiness. And... I'm actually ginger. I'm ginger puby person. So, like, in my beard, I had ginger hairs in my beard. I had a, it's not all ginger. I've got dark brown hair, but I've also got ginger in my beard and also on my chest. And further down in places where no one dare go, dare go, <laughs> dare go, dare go. And I'll just call it the smelly place. But my ginger beard parts turned grey. 
first. So I'm not saying that all the grey hairs that I've got on my head or in my beard were ginger to start with, but a lot of them were. And I haven't got a big grey beard. I've got grey hairs in my beard, more at the bottom, like the chin, kind of the middle of the, the sides of the chin area. And I've probably got some grey hairs on my chest, but I'll be honest with you, I don't spend a lot of time topless looking in the mirror. You know, I'm trying to, I'm, try, I'm trying to keep positive. That won't help me if I spend a lot of time looking at myself in the mirror. So, um, and as far as I, the only I have to look in the mirror if I want to see any of the other hairs because my belly gets in the way. I can't see anything. The only time I can see my feet is if I actually walk. Like when I'm standing still, I, I don't even know if I've got feet. That's okay. So I was at Butlins, and it was a really good experience. It was an emotional experience. I'll quickly go for a couple of other people before I end, because again, I've gone over time. Bex, say thank you to Bex for following me. I've chatted to her as well a couple of times. It's a lovely lady. Cassie, another person that I've spoken to online. Uh, she's um, benefited from one of my recordings. And I actually did it, if I remember, I actually did it for her. She asked for a recording and I did one. I, if I'm right, I might be wrong there. I do often lie, so... Um, but I think I made that recording just especially for her and it worked this was about eight, seven or eight years ago I think um, Ashley from Liverpool I think and uh, so she's just say hi to her I've spoken to her a couple of times, not lately but she's uh, another lovely person that follows me on Facebook and I'm not sure if she used to listen to my stuff. I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure who listens, like, regularly or daily. Um, I've got John. Uh, he's been following me for years on YouTube, as well as, you know, on Facebook and stuff. Because YouTube used to be my main place that I was at. Uh, you know, for a long time. Now it's kind of more the podcasts. Uh, say a big hello to Ed Adini, drawn. I say his full name because he's a he's a fellow online hypnotist, and he's also a magician as well. So he does he has lots of very popular videos on his YouTube channel, which is way 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 more popular than even my most popular YouTube channel from years ago he's got millions of views and he does hypnosis videos as well as magic videos as well so check him out Edini E-D-D-I-N-I -I. Um, I've actually got an interview I did with him on New Year's Eve it's on YouTube uh, say hello to Angela 
Letitia or Letty. She's another friend that I've known since 2010 or 2000, yeah, 2009 maybe, actually. Wow, or 2010, one of them. It's a long time anyway, nearly 10 years. Letty in America, she lives near Mexico, so on the border of Mexico, I can't remember the El Paso, I think. Uh, we've got Fiona. Fiona, she's got about a million different names. Percy, I like to call her, Percy. So hello to Percy and your husband. Uh, thank you for your support and the kind words that you've said in the past. Um, there's Ella. There's Beth Marie. Hi, Beth Marie. And Alex William Smith, who's one of my trainers, my hypnosis trainers. I did training with him um, 95, 96 time. And there's Trevor Andrew Vidamore. So check out Trevor Vidamore, uh, V-I-D-A-M-O-U-R, because he's written two really great books. So check them out. It's worth uh, going onto Amazon and uh, checking them out and there's so many different people I could just say hello to this is Claire Sheila Amy Lorraine Yannicka Janica Yannicka Natty Eric Schmumpkin there's Kadihan Kadihan I'm sorry if I, I pronounced it incorrectly Sherry Julie Linda Sheila, Rachel uh, from Canterbury. That's another one of my friends that I've uh, spoken to online when I've done my live sessions and she's been following me for years and years as well. And you've got Diane, you've got Laurie, Rick, Sue, Irene. Hi, Irene. And there's Carrie. Carrie Joanne um, very funny posts very very funny posts also two of my two of the funny, funniest posters that you know, do really funny posts Juju who I mentioned earlier and um, Carrie Joanne they just uh, yeah their posts make me laugh you got Mickey Smith oh Mickey sorry I'm trying not to say people's surnames Joyce Jinaya, uh, Genia, Jinaya, Nicole, Alexandra, Laurie, Loretta, Loretta, uh, Katie, Cher, Gemma. You got Sarah S. There's a lovely picture there. Um, there's quite a few different ones Matthew Matthew W that's a surname starts with W so Matthew hi Matthew you sent me a message recently um, thanks for your kind words Adam W another W surname beginning with W Adam uh, who's been following me for quite a few years as well so 
yeah thanks for everyone I can't go through everybody because I'm going to have to bring this to an end because it's now getting late but Angela Larson I'm going to use her surname because she's one of my oldest not age wise but one of my longest followers has been following me a long long time long time we're talking uh, a long time over 10 years and uh, she once took me on holiday with her she had me on a podcast and made a video and uh, that's really cool and there's so many other people on here Go, there's someone here, Goli. So who's who's that? I probably can. Sounds like an Irish name. Lives lives in Maryland. Who's that? In, oh. Oh, I don't know. I was just looking at this. Uh, spotted WWE. Oh, okay. Now, sometimes I see pictures of people and I think, oh, I recognise that person. So there's a picture of a... All right. Anyway, so that's kind of it. Perhaps tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll uh, say thank you to everybody that's on my Let Me Boy You To Sleep podcast, um, uh, the Facebook page, which is just basically, if you just go on Let Me Boy You To Sleep, dot, if you let, go to Let Me Boy You To Sleep, click, just write that into Facebook and the Facebook page should come up. The letmeboytosleep.com website may be down um, because I've not been able to pay the the monthly fee yet for that. But so I'm not sure what to do about that yet. But it might be down. Uh, well, it might be down until it's paid. If I pay it, so that's all for today. Hopefully, I bored you. I uh, had a message earlier from, who was it that sent me a message? Somebody. So it's an, a special message to, uh, 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 Alice, Gemma, Gemma Alice's mum. So a message sent from her, but saying, the message basically, um, last night I introduced my mum to your Let Me Boy You To Sleep podcast on Spotify. She said she found your voice very soothing and something she thought she would, that would help her to fall asleep. So she was listening while in bed, but was still awake at 3am because she found you so funny. Not to worry though, she said she'll still listen during the day instead. Um... Well, to Gemma's mum, uh, hopefully, well, thank you know, thank, thank you for listening. Hopefully, I've been able to be a bit more boring today. So, thanks for listening, and I shall see you 
tomorrow.